Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, to the Tuesday installment of Locked On Texans, the daily podcast covering the Houston Texans every Monday through Friday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Texans reporter for ESPN Houston, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24, along with my partner in crime. Your boy, John, some sports guy, Hickman, your Locked On Texans football analyst. I am so excited to be back after my quick break. Just had a lot going on over the weekend, uh, but so did the Houston Texans. Chris Conley got signed on Monday. You get you, whoever your quarterback is going to be, whether it's Tyrod Taylor or Ryan Finley, and I hope it's not Ryan Finley, or if you snag a quarterback in a draft, whoever your quarterback is going to be for this upcoming season, because with this Deshaun Watson situation, which we'll talk about later in the show, we don't know who's going to be behind center. You got Chris Conley. He's a very good receiver. Can't wait to discuss him and what that means for Houston. Also, the defensive side of the ball. A lot of you guys have been complaining about why are they signing so many linebackers and who's going to be what determined off of what we have here currently on this depth chart and roster. So I wanted to kind of get into the linebacker, the 4-3 scheme and what that means for Houston, how simplifying things would be uh, do wonders for Houston in this defense. And as mentioned, Deshaun Watson and teams are still wanting him on their roster, even with everything that's going on. So we're going to touch on that briefly before we get out of here today. And today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, 15 for 15% off your next order. And speaking of the next order, Nick Casario continues to make moves, and on Monday, as John alluded to, they brought in wide receiver Chris Conley, a guy who spent the last two seasons with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He began his career as a third-round draft pick as a member of the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, there's a lot of ways you can take into consideration with this Chris Conley signing, but John and listeners, what I like most about the acquisition of Conley is his size. And last year, that was a problem that went unnoticed because they did not have a bigger receiver to create separation between them and their defenders. And yes, when you take a look at the wide receiving core that was out there last year, Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb, Kiki QT towards the end of last season, they were able to create separation, but they had to rely solely on their speed. But even though that was okay to say the least, there were times throughout last season where I said to myself, the Texans needed a bigger receiver. All you have to do is just go back and take a look at that terrible game against the Chicago Bears. They understand where I'm coming from. However, now when you add a guy like Chris Conley, they now have a receiver that stands six foot three, a guy who is big enough to get those separations between them and their defenders. And ladies and gentlemen, to shed some light on how important height is to a receiver, all you have to do is go back and take a look at some of the top receivers in NFL history over the past 30 to 20 years. Yes, having great hands is by far the best quality or receiver needs, but height is just as important. Go back and take a look at some of the best guys. Jerry Rice, Terrell Owens, Larry Fitzgerald, Julio Jones, and even DeAndre Hopkins. What do those guys have in common outside the fact that they are all world receivers? their height. 
every single one of them stands six foot two or taller. The only and possibly the best receiver that fell six foot or under is Antonio Brown, who is 5'10". That lets you know, unless you are a all-world talent like A.B., you need to have height. And that's no disrespect to the guys who the Texans threw out there last year from Fuller, Cooks, Cobb, and QT. But having a group of small receivers isn't the right way to go. And in addition to adding a receiver who also has height, Chris Conley also fits the mold of a receiver who can rely heavily on his speed as well. This is a guy who is capable of running a 4-3-5 in a 40-yard dash. You know, I like this signing for Houston, and I dislike it at the same time. Uh, I like it because, as you mentioned, you know, he is a big receiver, uh, and he was able to make do with what he had in Jacksonville the last two years. 1,200 yards, seven touchdowns. He was going back and forth against playing with Nick Foles, Gardner Minshew, uh, some other guy got some time. And so it's kind of hard to establish anything in this league as a receiver when you don't have consistency at quarterback. And so that's why I like it. He was fairly good in those two years in the situation he was in in Jacksonville. However, it isn't like he's coming to play with a solid quarterback. It's either Tyrod Taylor or Ryan Finley at this point. Right. I don't think Deshaun Watson will suit up week one. And so he'll be back in the same situation and he will probably get worse results. So I'm kind of straddling the fence, but I think Houston made a good decision with bringing him in. I think he is one of those big body receivers that can make plays. And I think the combination between he, Brandon Cooks, we will see what Kiki QT does in the offense this year, if he's going to be an X factor or Isaiah Kola or whoever the guys that they sign, they're going to be comparable, but we do know that Brandon Cooks will be established in this offense. Randall Cobb, who missed part of the last games last season, he will be at the money he's making. Um, he's going to be relevant in this offense as well. So I do believe you get a Chris Conley, a big body receiver, still speedy, has good hands. I, you know, you, you make this offense respectable. It still depends on the quarterback room and who's going to be behind center. Well, before we move on to the defense, I will say about the offense, they're going to be a ground heavy team. Philip Lindsay, Mark Ingram, uh, David Johnson, uh, they're going to be a ground-heavy team. And when you have a ground-heavy team, it's good to have a combination of speed and size on your offense for whenever you're going to throw, unless, you know, and I don't believe it, unless Watson's on the field. But I don't predict this team being one of those teams that aired out. When it's time to air it out, you need some speed to win one-on-one -on -one, one -on matchups and, you know, big bodies to win one-on-one -on -one matchups as well. Guys, let me tell you about betonline.ag, where you can go make you some extra money, put your stimulus to work, stimulate the economy. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, March Madness has been pure madness, by the way, and the NHL are all in full swing. BetOnline covers award TV shows and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all of the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. 
Get all of the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. Cody, I love what Houston is doing defensively. I love that, you know, Lovey Smith will be the Texans DC because I believe he's going to be able to simplify jobs. The 4-3 defense is a little bit more, in my opinion, more dynamic because of the the way rushes are used. Uh, you can drop back, you can rush the quarterback. You see a lot of great blitz packages out of the 4-3. But I'm sorry, out, out of the 3-4, but the 4-3 is just a little bit more simplified. So I did want to talk about the defensive signings and how it could affect uh, Houston moving forward. Lovey Smith is a 4-3 fanatic. He said it in the past. He loves how the 4-3 defense, you're putting players in a position where you have one job 100% of the time compared to having two jobs 50% of the time, right? And that's mentioning how we would see when the merciless drop back and cover sometimes, which was always god-awful, or he's trusting the quarterback, which last year was god-awful as well. So the first thing I wanted to look at is, for Houston, which linebacker would make the most sense moving forward at each position? Who's going to play the mic? the Sam and the wheel, the Mike linebacker's primary responsibility is to stop the run. Uh, he'll drop back and cover some time for pass protection. And, and I think, you know, and he's normally matched up with the running backs in man coverage. Uh, but I think that still would be Zach Cunningham's job moving forward, depending on the situation. I can see Cunningham getting switched out. If it's a dire pass, Cover situation where they're going to need a linebacker to make a play. I still don't have faith in Cunningham to make plays in the passing game. Uh, last year, I felt like he regressed tremendously because from year one and year two, that was the area of his game where he really improved. Just had a you know very bad year last year, but I think he still will be the Mike linebacker for this Houston team. Led the league in tackles, top five the year before. And for the Sam linebacker, his responsibility of sticking to the strong side of the defense, normally matched up with the tight end, does a fair share of blitzing as well. I can still see Christian Kersey at that. I think he would be the perfect linebacker that would be able to give linebackers problems. And I, and I kind of flipped between Kersey and Kevin Pierre-Lewis, who I think will play the wheel on the weak side and you know have more freedom. It's kind of like the safety the free safety of linebackers. The reason why I have him at that wheel position is because I simply believe he can make plays with his speed. He's fast. The way he covers the sideline, the sideline is pretty good. You know, I, I think he's able to make plays in the backfield if you actually play the flats or the uh, curls. But I love his speed at that wheel because I think he'd be able to just to get after it. Um, and I think that's how it's going to round out for Houston at the linebacker position. And I also like the 4-3 because it does help establish what your defensive line job is. The nose is going to be right up over the center, you know, shade off in the one technique. You're going to have your defensive tackle in the three technique. P.J. Hall and Malik Collins, I think, could do a very good job. Malik Collins at that three technique would, you know, win a lot of matchups. And P.J. Hall with his big body, especially how he played last season before his injury, uh, he would help the linebackers. He would help Cunningham make plays because he's so massive and it's easy for him to take up space. 
Then you also have Vincent Taylor who can go in and do the same thing. And then on the end, you would have Shaq Lawson on one side, uh, Charles Omanehu or Jordan Jenkins, however they want to play that out. They may switch it out because I think Jordan Jenkins may be a little bit more dynamic than Charles Omanehu. I don't see Jenkins playing one of those linebacker positions. I think he would be a DN for Houston. They may rotate out. But the damage that P.J. Hall, Vincent Taylor, and Malik Collins could possibly do, and I, I'm big on Malik Collins this year. I think he just had a down year, just like everybody else in Oakland. That's why they had a fire sale. Come back to Texas where he starred in Dallas, not necessarily starred, but had good years for Dallas. Come play for the Houston Texans. We should be able to see a replica of what he did. And this is where I am most excited about the Texans as we head closer to next season, because there is no way possible that the terrible defensive outing that we saw throughout the 2020 season is going to be the same in 2021. And I said this on yesterday's show that I understand when you take a look at the Texans roster on the defensive side of the ball. They do not have guys who jump out at you in terms of name recognition, but they do have guys, when you take a look at what Lovey Smith loves to do, John, to your point, when you take a look at that 4-3 defense, they are bringing in guys who could succeed at that defensive scheme. And John, on yesterday, I did a whole segment talking about Jordan Jenkins, and you made a point that I want to make sure that I piggyback off. And that was you saying that you actually can see Jenkins not lining up as a linebacker, but having him be a defensive end. I agree with that because... Jenkins, before he had to deal with a lot of injuries in his career, he was turning in into one of the best and underrated pass rushers in this league. And I always say, if he wasn't playing for the New York Jets and he was playing for a winning team, he would have gotten more recognition for his ability to rush the passer. However, John, I do want to disagree with you just a tad bit when you talk about Kevin Pierre-Lewis playing the wheel. I don't agree with that statement because when you have a defensive coordinator or defensive mind like Lovey Smith, he has the potential to unlock Kevin Pierre-Lewis' ability to drop back and be in pass coverage. And that is the most underrated part of his game. And besides, when you add guys like Shaq Lawson and Jordan Jenkins, there is no need for Kevin Pierre-Lewis to rush the passer. So if Lovey Smith had the opportunity to remove Pierre-Lewis, who would you put there? Oh, uh, you can always look at Kamu Grugier-Hill. But here's the thing. It's not like they brought in any pure pass rushes like top 10, 10 plus sacks a year guys. These are still all sub-level pass rushers. So it's going to be good to have this guy being able to attack and add to your defense on the weak side. And then it's going to be good for you to have uh, a Millie Collins in a, in a Shaq loss. Like it's going to be good to have all those different elements where they are. So you can see who you really have on this team move forward. But they don't have any top five or ten pass rushes in, in, in any of these trades. You guys better get after these built bars and hop on in this built bar madness. We've been telling you about built bar for a very long time. The best protein bar on the market, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. Now it's time to find out which built bar is the best. It is built bar madness. Today's matchup is. Chocolate brownie chunk versus lemon almond cheesecake. I'm rolling with chocolate brownie chunk on that one. That's just me. I had it. I love it. And lemon almond cheesecake, not really a fan of it. But go to BuiltBar.com or to at Built underscore bar on Twitter to vote. Remember to use promo code LOCK15 to get your 15% off your next order. 
That's lock15 to get 15% off your next order at BillBar.com. And check back to see who's won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. The NFL Draft is weeks away. It's time to start following our Locked On NFL Draft duo. The Draft Dudes podcast watches every prospect, so you don't have to. And the Locked On NFL Draft podcast is your daily draft news and mock draft podcast. Follow Locked On NFL Draft and Draft Dudes on Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. As we close this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering the Houston Texans every single day, we want to talk about the latest trade rumors surrounding Deshaun Watson. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we understand it's been a long time where it feels like a long time that we actually talked about the trade rumors that's going on with Watson because there are more important things going on with him right now. And if you ask me, a trade should be the last thing Deshaun Watson should be worried about. However, with that being said, surprisingly, there are still teams interested in getting their hands on a three-time Pro Bowl quarterback. According to Aaron Wilson of the Houston Chronicles, the Eagles, the Panthers, the Jets, the Dolphins, the 49ers, and the Broncos are all still interested in trading for Deshaun Watson. Now, John and listeners, you guys might not agree with me, but I do believe that it might be in the Texans' best interest to hold on to Deshaun just at least one more season. Not saying that he's going to play because I do believe nine times out of ten, it does not matter what roster Deshaun Watson is on. I'm pretty sure we're going to go through the 2021 season without seeing any parts of Deshaun Watson. However, I would like to see the Texans hold on to him because the way things are playing right now in the news surrounding him, I do believe that is going to have a negative effect on his trade value. Because if I'm a general manager, I am truly considering three things. One, I I would not feel comfortable in giving up a King's ransom in order to get Deshaun, knowing that I'm not going to have him for half, if not all of the 2021 season. Secondly, And more importantly, what would Deshaun Watson's mindset be after all this is said and done? Because Watson is not the first, and unfortunately, he would not be the last athlete to get in trouble. But what is his mindset going to be like? Is this going to affect him to the point we no longer see the all-pro quarterback that we saw through his first four years of his career? We don't know what type of negative effect this is going to have on him mentally. And then third, and this option is not too much of a real reason on why a team will cut the Texans short on a potential deal, but the fan base. How would a fan base welcome Deshaun Watson? If I'm a general manager, if I'm an owner, you do have to consider at least somewhat of of the emotion of your fan base. How would they feel about welcoming Deshaun Watson, given what he is in the news for today? So, John and listeners, with that being said, do you or do you not agree with me that everything that we are seeing playing out in the news is going to have a negative effect on the Houston Texans whenever they decide to deal Deshaun Watson? No, not at all. I mean, what is a negative effect? Are they going to miss out on what they possibly could have gotten before this news broke? Maybe. Yes, because think about it. You're looking at a situation where a team might would have been willing to give you three or four first-round draft picks. And now, because there's so much uncertainty, like I just finished talking about, 
those three, four draft picks might just drop down to two. And Deshaun Watson yeah, is what thing. worth more that's, than two first round draft picks. That's if it comes out the opposite way. Right. If it comes out that these are all false allegations, which I'm not, you know, I'm not implementing at all. But you know, you still have a at least legal wise, you still have a clean quarterback in a sense, I guess. And teams are going to give up. Listen, teams like the Broncos, right? The Jets still, the Eagles, they're going to give up what they what they can if they believe that they're ready to make a real run at it. So everything is still contingent on what happens with this case for Deshaun Watson. When I take a look at the six teams on this list currently, and it's kind of funny because I believe only two out of the six teams is actually on Deshaun Watson's trade destination list. But when I take a look at these six teams, I still feel Miami, you get to a bat, it's still the best way to go. However, if I had to pick another team outside of Miami, I would have to pick the Philadelphia Eagles because I would love to see Jalen Hurts play for the Houston Texans and I know that might throw some of you guys off but there is a reason why the Eagles decided to part ways with Carson Wentz and give the keys to their franchise to Jalen Hurts those last four games of the regular season he proved that he can be something special in this league it wasn't the best but he proved that he can be something now you got to take this into consideration Jalen Hurts on the field through the four games that we saw it was like a nice, a nice Lexus to say the least. Deshaun Watson, at best, is a Tesla. As great as a Lexus is, you want a Tesla. And that's what Deshaun Watson is. And that's what the Eagles might be looking at this situation. We got something good in Jalen Hurst, but we want something better in Deshaun Watson. But I say that to say coming to Houston would be the best thing that could happen to Jalen Hurst. Because, yes, he did end it off the season really well in Philadelphia, but I still do believe it might be a little bit too early to throw him out there to the Wolves and say, lead us as our franchise quarterback. If you give him one more season to learn a game, the outcome of Jalen Hurts' career will be even better. Plus, here in Houston, he has an opportunity to work under Pep Hamilton, who has a proven record of developing some really good quarterbacks. Ladies and gentlemen, we saw the job that he did last year with the Los Angeles Chargers with Justin Herbert. He can do the same thing with Jalen Hurts. Hamilton, his hometown in Houston, that is a good recipe for success for Jalen Hurts. And also for the Texans fans out there, that will possibly be a really good transition to go from the Deshaun Watson era that's looking like it's going to come to an ugly and embarrassing divorce to Jalen Hurts, the Houston native, to lead this franchise into the next era of Texans football. I'm John Sports. I got hit with that was locked on Texans Tuesday. Hey, man, defense got better. You brought in the valuable weapon on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, a lot of people were speculating about what was going to happen with the wide receiver room and free agency, and I, I think they made a good signing. And whether or not teams will, should, or however it's going to go down with the Deshaun Watson saga, will he be a Houston Texan? Or will he be in the NFL, period, moving forward is really the only question that we have to uh, ask right now. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Like us on Facebook as well. Follow me on Twitter at Some Sports Guy. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. 
Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.